Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Added Time, a Games and Grub Studio podcast. And wow, what a week it has been since the last time I recorded. So much to unpack, so much has happened, some huge news coming out of Chelsea and Brighton, possibly Leicester, but we'll see about that one. First off, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to anyone that listened to episode 6 and once again, a big thank you to my guest, my good friend, Mr. Sonny Garner. I, I loved last week's podcast. It, I found it really interesting and it was great for for me and him to sit there and just talk football for an hour and a half. I loved it. Uh, and we talk about football all the time. But, you know, we're usually in the company of other people or our other halves are there, so they don't want to listen to us talking about football for an hour and a half. They have to put up with it all week. So it was nice for the two of us just to sit down chat and talk about everything that's going on at the moment but like I say it has been it has been a crazy crazy week so I'm going to start off actually this week with the big news that broke yesterday that Thomas Tuchel has been sacked as the Chelsea manager uh, this is this comes after a defeat to Dinamo Zagreb in the Champions League they also lost 2-1 at the weekend to Southampton. Now, I mentioned this in one of the early podcasts, maybe episode one or, or episode two, that Thomas Tuchel had actually said that everything isn't great. You know, things aren't great at Chelsea at the moment. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on. Obviously, there's a brand new owner there taking over from Abramovich. And Tuchel's been given license to spend freedom to spend whatever you want to call it he spent 250 60 270 million something in the, in that region during this window and then a week after less than a week after the window closes he's then sacked so these players that he's brought in some of which may have thought well yeah I want to work for Thomas Tuchel Abamyang for example spoke very highly about how he he wanted to work for Tuchel and how he enjoyed working for him at Dortmund, now finds himself at a club who will have a manager that he didn't go there for. But I'm sure Aubameyang will be as professional as ever and just get on with it. Now, I, I didn't see the uh, the Chelsea game the other night. So I didn't see how poorly they performed or anything like that. But I do think that this goes deeper than just results when it comes to Chelsea. Earlier on in the window, it was quite clear that the new owner, Ted Bowley, wanted Cristiano Ronaldo. A huge, that would be a huge marquee signing to mark his his tenure, or the beginning of his tenure at the club. And obviously throughout the window, various players were linked with Chelsea and then ended up going elsewhere. You had Jules Koundé that ended up at, uh, sorry, that ended up at Barcelona. You had Rafinha that ended up at Barcelona. Uh, Matthias De Litt was linked as well. He ended up at Bayern Munich. They did get Sterling, which I thought was a great signing. But then there was a couple of other... Koulibaly as well. The jury is out on him. I thought he would be a good signing, but the jury does seem to be out on him. And then eventually they go and spend 70 million, whatever it is, on Wesley Fofana just before the window closes. And they get a Bamiyang, and there's a couple of others as well, a couple of younger players. They bought that young lad from from Aston Villa. But I did say in in one of those early episodes that I could see a situation where Chelsea 
by Ronaldo and Tuchel walks because by all accounts, Tuchel didn't want Ronaldo. And apparently he was asked five or six times. It's being reported as to whether, look, are you sure you don't want Ronaldo? We want to buy him. This would be a great signing. And he said no each time. So, so like I say, I, 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 could, I thought there would be a situation where Ronaldo would be signed, Tuchel would walk. It's kind of happened in that, along with some poor results and some other things that have probably gone on in the background, the disagreement over signing Ronaldo is being mentioned as a factor as to why Thomas Tuchel has been allowed, or sorry, why Thomas Tuchel has been relieved of his duties and has been sacked. Now, he's got a win rate of 60%. I think he's, I would think it was exactly 100 games in charge. A win rate of 60%, a Champions League trophy, uh, World Club Cup, Super Cup as well, I think. That's not bad going. Now, I think he's a good manager. I do think he's a, a really good manager. And and you've got to remember as well, they, they, they've they got to one or two other finals as well that they've, they've lost. So the trophy haul for Thomas Tuchel, considering he's only been in charge for 100 games, could have been significantly higher than what it actually is. And that includes having a Champions League trophy. So look, he's he's now gone. Uh, it feels to me like the, the new owners at Chelsea are trying to get rid of any remaining links that there are, apart from players, that there are remaining links to Abramovich. So Petr Cech went in June. Um, the sporting director left, so Ted Bowley actually took it upon himself to be the sporting director. Uh, who knows? He might announce himself as the new manager. <laughs> but it's clear that the owners now at Chelsea are looking to just have a fresh fresh start, clean slate, bring in their people and who they want. Now, immediately after Tuchel's sacking, the three immediate names on the shortlist were uh, Maurizio Pochettino, Zinedine Zidane and Graham Potter. Now, Lots of plaudits for Graham Potter, and deservedly so. I've said for a while that I think Brighton play an exciting brand of football, that they just lacked uh, a natural sort of goal scorer. But Potter is a, a really good manager. Obviously, they absolutely decimated Leicester at the weekend. So his stock is really, really high at the moment. And although not confirmed at the moment, it does seem that Graham Potter is going to be the new Chelsea manager. Now, this could spark a real managerial merry-go-round. So Tuchel's gone, Potter's going to Chelsea, we think. So Brighton are after a manager. Now, Brighton are supposedly looking at Brendan Rodgers. At the minute, Brendan Rodgers is under immense pressure at Leicester. To the point where I am shocked that actually as we head into these weekend's fixtures that Rodgers is still a Leicester City manager. I fully, fully expected an announcement on Sunday night or Monday morning to say that Rodgers had been sacked. Because that performance on Sunday, second half, was, well, and first half, the whole performance 
was absolutely disgraceful. Leicester play the the the, play, the players need to shoulder some of this blame as well. They they were they were awful, absolutely awful. I I cannot think of one Leicester player that I would pick out and say they were the shining light in very much a poor performance. It was defensively, it was absolutely dreadful. We scored two goals. We scored after we scored in fifty-three seconds. But unfortunately, there is that sense and that feeling, and I said it the the week before last as well, that despite us taking the lead, the feeling amongst the fans and clearly amongst the players is we will not be able to hold on to this. So within 15 minutes, Leicester are then losing 2-1. They get back into it just before half-time. And there's that old adage in football and that cliche that one of the best times to score is just before half-time. But Leicester didn't go out and continue and think, right, we can get something here. Some great goals by Alexis McAllister. Uh, the, The one that was disallowed for VAR, and I'll come on to VAR shortly... The, the the disallowed goal for me, I, I couldn't see anything wrong with it. And actually, for, for how good the strike was, I, I was actually, despite my, obviously, affiliation with Leicester, I was really disappointed to see that goal disallowed because it was an absolute beauty. That aside, the fact that, you know, the world, that the the free kick was a, was a worldie of a free kick, defensively, absolutely awful. Now... Just coming on to Brendan Rodgers, obviously he's spoken out about the lack of transfer activity and he's spoken out now about the the fans and how the nervousness of the fans is bleeding onto the pitch. And I did talk about this a couple of weeks ago where I said, look, the fans need to start getting behind the players, stop moaning when a ball is given away, stop moaning, stop, stop groaning when there is a, a corner against us. And let's try and be confident. But the problem is, things are just so bad at the moment. The players look absolutely devoid of confidence, devoid of ideas. Now, I've read a few things uh, from sort of like trusted journalists and whatnot that say that the, the players are confused by Roger's tactics. They are confused about why certain players aren't getting a game. You know, why are we continuing to have Wilfred and Diddy, who is a central defensive midfielder, play at centre-back when you've got Soyuncu and Vestergaard on the bench? Now, well, whatever you think of Vestergaard, and whatever I think about Vestergaard, he was a Brendan Rodgers signing, so why isn't he playing him? So, all of this stuff is coming out about Rodgers. Now, Rodgers has said, look, I, I am committed... I'm committed to this and I'm going to I am going to turn this round. And there is a small part of me that hopes he does. Because I do believe he is a great coach and I do believe he is a great manager. Now, I have on Twitter quite openly said it's time for him to go. Thanks for the FA Cup, thanks for the Community Shield, thanks for the great moments that we've enjoyed, you know, the 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 beating of Man City uh, on Boxing Day one year, um, you know, the wins over Chelsea, the wins over Arsenal. Um, you know, beating United 4-2, um, you know, getting two top five finishes, even though we should have probably finished in the Champions League. Thank you for all of that. 
but your time's up. Now, there's obviously a big, a big factor here in that to sack Brendan Rodgers, it was rumoured to be that it'll cost the owners twenty-three million pound when clearly the owners have tightened the purse strings, and that has been evident in terms of the signings or lack of. Now, it's been talked down that actually it's not twenty-three million; it's closer to probably ten million, and that the rumours of him being on ten million a year are false and quite wide of the mark but no one really knows the true figure people are saying it's it's potentially a little bit less than that but not not hugely less well it's still one of the highest paid managers in the league now I, I fully believe that the owners have got the money to pay Brendan Rodgers off should things go sour again at the weekend however could Brighton be Leicester's saviour here and take Brendan Rodgers pay the compensation because they are going to get a hefty bit of compensation from Chelsea should Potter go to go there go you know should he leave Brighton and go to Chelsea they're going to get a decent compensation they can use that money to get Brendan Rodgers now just because Leicester are currently bottom of the league and because a lot of Leicester fans want Brendan Rodgers out don't get it twisted that he will go to Brighton and do badly. I believe there is still a good manager in there. He needs a new challenge. And Brighton is the perfect setup for him. Very much like Leicester were at the time when he came in. You know, the team are doing well, as in Brighton. They've got some great players. They've sold players, which they can now reinvest. And they've made some really good money out of out of players. And there's nothing to say that Brighton can't be a top eight side. And Brendan Rodgers is the right man to do that. And I've said this to uh, an Aston Villa fan last week when I said, you'll end up with Rodgers. If Gerrard gets sacked, he's like, I don't want him. And I said, no, he will be good for you for two seasons. But then something will happen and, and, and the wheels will fall off. So Brighton could come to Leicester's rescue here. And if you factor in that they'll get compensation for Rodgers going, and so they don't need to pay him off, his wage, whatever that may be, 8 million, 10 million, 11 million, that is now freed up. That gives Leicester an opportunity to go and get another manager and not necessarily have to go, what I would say, go cheap. Now, I'm probably going to get laughed at for this, but because we are bottom of the league, we do look like relegation fodder. And clearly, whoever comes in is going to be told, for the next two to three transfer windows, you've got to work with the squad that we've currently got. Oh, and by the way, eight of those players are out of contract next summer, including Yuri Tillemans, including Kaglasoyunchu. James Madison will be in the final year of his contract. I would love to see Poch. I really would. Now, I would absolutely love to see Poch come in. I don't know how realistic it is because for a guy to go from Spurs to be heavily linked with Man United all the time to be the PSG manager, for, for him to then come and manage Leicester, 
doesn't doesn't feel like that that would be something that he'd necessarily want on his CV. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Like I said last week, when Sonny was here, uh, I'm sure Everton fans wouldn't have expected to get Carlo Ancelotti, but stranger things have happened in football. Now, I believe that Sean Dyche will be the manager that comes in should Brendan Rodgers uh, leave, however way that happens. There was a picture circulating on social media of him yesterday, of Sean Dyche yesterday at... Foss Park. Now, for those of you that don't live near Leicester or know Leicester very well, Foss Park is a big shopping place. Um, not too far, really, from the city centre. Not too far, really, from from the ground, um, from from the King Power Stadium. And the photo itself, you could tell that it was Foss Park. You could tell it was the new part of that place. So there's a, a big extension happened over the last sort of 18 months. So could it be an old picture? Yes, but it didn't look it. Um, apparently the lad that had his photo taken with him said, are you, are you having the Leicester job? And he said, I can't talk about it. It just seems like too much of a coincidence for me that Sean Dyche would be in Leicester when he hasn't got a job and Leicester could become available very soon. So we'll keep our eyes and ears out for that. I, I, I've i seen a lot of Leicester fans say that they, they really don't want Sean Dyche. I, I, I do think he's a good manager and I think that given the squad that he will inherit... He's still got some good players there. Given the squad that he could... Pretend, this is all hypothetical because, as I speak, Brendan Rodgers is still in a job. Graham Potter is still the Brighton manager. And Sean Dyche is still unemployed. But I'm kind of talking hypotheticals here. In that... I think Dyche played a certain style of football at Burnley with the players that he had. And no disrespect to those players. They're all professional footballers and are far better than I will ever be, and ever was. But Leicester do have a slightly higher standard of player. Only slightly. Not not much better. You know, he had some... Dyche had some good players at, at Burnley. It just, by the end, again, his time was up there. For as much as that they loved him, and as much as he was a legend there, his time was up. And he needed a fresh challenge. So I wouldn't necessarily have any worries about the style of football that Sean Dyche could potentially bring to Leicester should he become the new manager. What I am more excited about is the fact that defensively, I would like to think that he would sort us out. It's going to take some work, but I think he would sort us out. Now... I can I, I going back to Brendan Rodgers I can sympathize with him a little bit because when when he said back in February this squad needs refreshing he wasn't wrong and a lot of the time you know and and I I'll admit <clears throat> excuse me I'll admit that naively I sat there and said we're fine we don't need to sign any players because these players that we've got they finished 8th last season 
But what we're forgetting, or what I forgot especially, was that actually a lot of these players are now playing with a a bad injury against their name. So James Justin just has not come back the same player as he was before he did his ACL. And it's a real shame because I thought he looked every bit the superstar and I I fully expected him to be the one that would go for, for decent money and it would be, oh, look, Leicester have done it again, signed a player for three million, sold him for 40. Ricardo Pereira, you know, I think was genuinely one of the best right backs in the world before all of his injury troubles. Harvey Barnes doesn't look the same player. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Um, a lot, and I don't think Wilfred and Diddy is the same player either. So the reality is, is that even though footballers these days are incredibly fit, they are they are athletes. They look after themselves at the highest level. If you've had, even if you are very young, if you've had a injury like an ACL, you know. Achilles or anything like that you are not going to come back the same player you know you would have to be some sort of phenom to to, to be able to do that so actually I, I agree with Rogers. the squad did need refreshing because you've got players there that are not at the ability they were and it's a lot of the time it's not their fault so I do I do sympathize with with Rogers a bit there but um Look, Sunday's performance was was disgraceful. It was, uh, you know, every single one of those fans that that were there on Sunday at the Amex deserve a refund, or they deserve they, they deserve some sort of compensation because that that performance was was abject and it was it was pathetic. Uh, I like the fact that he started with Daka and Ianacho up front, and you know, Daka got a goal and assist. That is about the only thing that I can. Um, it's about the only thing that I can sort of take as a positive right now from that game was that Daka got a goal and assist. And Ian Acho got on the score sheet. And look, when he starts, he does well. And I don't understand why he isn't stuck. You know, Leicester need to start playing with two up front. And they need to change the formation. Because like I said last week, we have one recognised winger at the club. So you you've got to work the formation in some way and if it means leaving Harvey Barnes out it means leaving him out so there we go I would start Ian Acho and Daka on Saturday against Aston Villa and have Vardy come on as an impact sub because I think that's the stage that Jamie Vardy's at as much as I hate to say it because for me he is a god (laughs) um but I, I think we're at that stage now with, with him. And I know he's signed a contact extension. It keeps him here till 2024. Who knows? He might have a year in the championship next season. Um, and he can bag a few goals in there. But there we go. Uh, right. So, yeah, managerial merry-go-round. I mean, I mean, Steven Gerrard is still in a job. Uh, they managed to hold on to a, for a 1-1 draw against Man City. I thought they played really well. So, maybe that's... Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's uh, saved saved Gerard, but um, yeah. I mean, with, with with Thomas Tuchel going out of the blue like that, look, no manager is safe, are they? No manager is safe at all. I'm sorry if there's a little bit of background noise. I'm I'm 
I'm having to hold my microphone because I cannot find my mic stand anywhere, uh, and it's quite heavy. So it's probably uh, making some uh, some noises, and I apologise for that. But I've got the pop shield on this week, which is a good job because when you're saying Graham Potter and Brighton a lot, um, you need a pop shield and Brendan Rogers. Anyway, I am going off on a tangent massively. So, um, right, let's talk about. Uh, let, I'll just go through like the highlights really of of last weekend's uh, Premier League fixtures. So the Merseyside derby uh, finished nil nil. Uh, so again, this this tricky start for for Liverpool continues, and in the Champions League last night they were humbled four one by Napoli. So a lot of questions are being asked about Liverpool and their defensive um, ability at the moment, and, and Virgil Van Dijk coming under a bit of pressure because he doesn't seem to be performing overly well. Joe Gomez, I mean, another player talking about players that have had bad injuries. He does not look like the same player since his injury, uh, and neither does Van Dijk. So uh, I didn't expect Napoli to to win uh, by that much. I thought it might be a draw, but there we go. Uh, So yeah, the Merseyside derby, nil-nil, decent result for Everton. Uh, Brentford beating Leeds 5-2. Jesse Marsh sent off there as well. Chelsea did win at the weekend. Sorry, I said earlier that they lost to Southampton. That was the previous week. Uh, they beat West Ham 2-1, but in controversial circumstances, West Ham had a a late goal disallowed. Uh, VAR ruled it out for a foul on Edouard Mendy, which was not a foul at all. And VAR has been an absolute disgrace over this weekend. I thought Sonny said it perfectly last week when I did the word association stuff, and he said, when I said VAR, he said necessary. I believe VAR is necessary. However, what people are getting annoyed about is the fact that VAR that 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 referees are getting things wrong even when they are shown footage to say you might want to look at this. That was never a foul and West Ham have been done over there big time. Newcastle versus Crystal Palace, that was 0-0. Again, VAR uh, disallowed a perfectly good goal in that game. I do not know what the officials were looking at. Uh, at the City ground, Nottingham Forest were 2-0 up against uh, managerless Bournemouth. Looked home and hosed. Bournemouth come back to win 3-2. What a performance, what a turnaround. And and you know, fair play to Bournemouth there. So, um, Forest signed Serge Aurier yesterday. Uh, so that's a 22nd signing of the summer. Spurs beat Fulham 2-1. Wolves picked up a 1-0 win against Southampton. So Wolves look like they have signed former Chelsea player Diego Costa to help with their their striker crisis because their, their new striker that they bought did his ACL on his debut. How's your look? How is your look? And then... Villa won, Man City won. Of course, the goal for Aston Villa coming from Erling Haaland. Uh, again, VAR controversy in that one. So this is an interesting one in that we've all watched a game where a player's gone through, looks offside, the ref, the, the linesman doesn't raise his flag, 
the goal goes in or the goal scoring opportunity goes away, then the linesman puts the flag up and everyone starts moaning, everyone starts waving their arms around, the players, the managers, the fans. Now, what happened in this Aston Villa game was um, someone was flagged offside and the referee blew the whistle straight away. The ball then went to Coutinho, who then smashed it from about from about 20 odd yards uh, and it flew into the top corner now VAR couldn't intervene at that point because the the the, uh, the referee had already blown his whistle however the player that was adjudged to be offside was not offside so if the linesman had, had have done what they are told to do and what everyone moans about and kept his flag down and had Coutinho scored because it is debatable as to whether he scored because the Man City players had stopped. But let's just go with with that he scored, that he scores. VAR would have said, no, that isn't offside, it's a goal. And everyone would be saying, oh, isn't VAR great when it clears up things like that? So look, you can't... You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't with VAR. It's not going anywhere. I keep seeing people on on social media, on on sports radio, on the TV saying that uh, that uh, they just need to get rid of it. Look, it's not going anywhere. You've got to learn to live with it and make improvements. It might take five years, it might take 10 years, but you can't get rid of it now. Purely because if a huge decision, if you took VAR away, this weekend, took VAR away, and there was a controversial decision at the top of the table, at the bottom of the table, that video technology would have cleared up, and that team could have won the title or not been relegated. What's to say that that the the club couldn't take the Premier League to court and stuff like that? So look, video technology is here to stay. What we need is an improvement in our officials and a bit more transparency when it comes to actually how have they come to that decision you know it's got to the point where the VAR decisions over the weekend have been so bad that the PGM OL I think that's I think that's the acronym they're now getting involved and have said look we've got to look at this because those decisions that have been made by officials is were, were ridiculous just going back to the Everton one, I thought Van Dyke should have been sent off. Like on on what? It, it's dangerous play. So he should have been sent off in that game. VAR missed that one as well. Brighton five, Leicester two. I've talked about that. Um, it's it's very very worrying times. Uh, this is Leicester's first. Sorry, I'll say that again. This is Leicester's worst start to a Premier League season ever. And this is their worst start to a any season since 1984. Before I was even born. Bad times. And then the big result at the weekend for me, uh, Manchester United beating Arsenal 3-1. This was a fantastic game of football. I really, really enjoyed watching this. It was, it was what I needed after I'd previously watched uh, Leicester's performance. Two two teams full of confidence going for it. Really, really good game. Anthony scoring on his debut. Uh, Rashford uh, with a couple of goals as well. 
there was a controversial VAR decision in this one. Uh, and again, this is a this is a situation of a, a damned if you do and a damned if you don't. So in the lead, so <clears throat> excuse me, Arsenal scored uh, through Martinelli. Great goal, really good finish by Martinelli. However, VAR looked at a potential foul in the build-up where Odegaard and Eriksen clashed, and that led to Arsenal getting the ball back and Arsenal scoring. They went back, looked at it, and it was deemed that Odegaard did foul Eriksen, so the goal was ruled out, so it went back to nil-nil. Now, what you've since what what you've got here, and this is what I mean, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Arsenal fans are crying because they're saying that, that VAR has done them over. It wasn't a foul. Okay. Now, if you take VAR out of the situation, that's an Arsenal goal. Man- Manchester United fans are saying, that's a joke. That was a foul. If we had VAR, that would be ruled out. So this whole VAR debate apart from the ones that are completely like how have they come to that decision look it is one of those where when it goes for your team it's wonderful when it goes against your team it pisses you off and that's the long and the short of it get on with it um i actually think that that you can't put arsenal's defeat purely down to that i do think that Arteta did make some mistakes in terms of his substitutions. He, when when United went 2-1 up, he went too quickly. For me, he went too quickly with his changes in trying to chase the game. And that opened Arsenal up and then United went on and, and won 3-1. So, a bit of a lesson learned there for, for Arteta, but really good game. Arsenal's first defeat of the season and Man United now have won four in a row. Good times at United. Okie dokie then. So, we had Champions League over the last couple of nights. Um, So, we've had Celtic against Real Madrid. I thought Celtic were really good first half, really at it. The atmosphere at Celtic Park, amazing. Uh, But after an hour, they ran out of steam and Real Madrid uh, won 4-0 in that one uh, Barcelona with a big result last night a hat-trick for Lewandowski 5-1 against uh, Pilsen we also had as I mentioned earlier Napoli beating Liverpool 4-1 so this is you know the the, the struggles continue for Liverpool uh, and uh, you know I, I've seen things already this morning that you know if, if Tuchel can get the sack then why can't Klopp look Come on. This is a this is a blip. This is a little blip. Now if they were bottom of the Premier League, for example, and had just been beaten five two by Brighton. I'm not comparing Leicester to Liverpool, by the way. I am just trying to point out that there is a difference between a team that is performing terribly and potentially the manager needs to go. And a team that are just going through a little bit of a blip. They do have injuries, yes. But you will get little sympathy from me because of the players that they still have at their disposal. So I'm pretty sure that, that things will be absolutely fine. You know, it's the first game. It's the first It's the first game, Champions League-wise. You know, 
and no one ever qualified after the first game so or, or didn't qualify because they lost you know t- plenty of teams have qualified after losing their first three games out of the group stage of the Champions League so I'm sure I'm sure everything will be will be absolutely fine there um, st- sticking with the uh, the British teams Tottenham ran out 2-0 winners against Marseille at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Richarlison with both goals, uh, two really good goals as well. So he's done he's done well, you know, to to force his way into that front three when you've got Kane, Son and uh, Kulachevsky. He's he's proven his point um that he is he is worthy of going to one of the big uh, the big six clubs. Uh, I mentioned it earlier that that Chelsea lost away to Dinamo Zagreb, which has uh, amongst other things, seeing Thomas Tuchel be sacked. And Rangers. Wow, Rangers. They were battered by Ajax last night. 4-0. Uh, I watched it. Ajax were, were so impressive, but Rangers so poor. And that comes off the back of losing 4-0 to, to Celtic at the weekend in, in the Scottish Premier League. So, again, things not looking great. North of the border for Rangers. Who knows? Who knows with with uh, Van Bronckhorst whether whether he's safe in a job or not. He's potentially only a couple of couple of bad results away from getting uh, getting the sack as well. Um, it's going. Do you know what? It's I with the World Cup being when it is and things like that. I think it's just going to be. So, I mean, the transfer wind. It's going to be such a weird season. The transfer window. Felt like a fever dream, you know. We've seen we've seen Scott Parker sacked after four games. We've seen a team win nine nil. You know, we've we've had we've had Man United lose four nil away at Brentford. Leicester are bottom of the league. Um, Thomas Tuchel's been sacked. Brian Potter might be going to Chelsea. Who knows what's going to happen with Brendan Rodgers? Steven Gerrard's under pressure. Um, Brighton are in the the top four. I mean, what what is going on? It's it's going to be a strange a strange league. And and actually, I had a um, uh, uh, someone that I work with said said this. They said I think this season is going to be really strange, and I think there's going to be a surprise team in the top four because of this World Cup and and, and various other things. Now he said Southampton, and he actually had money on Southampton finishing top four. But Southampton are going well. I know they lost at the weekend, but you know they picked up a win against Leicester, picked up again a win against Chelsea. Um, so, look, who knows? This is this is just going to be a really, really, really weird season. I think. I still expect Man City to run out Premier League winners. And talking of Man City, they they won as well in their Champions League game and Erling Haaland was on the score sheet of course he was so Erling Haaland is now now has 20 Champions League goals Uh, he's done that in 25 games which is the quickest ever and there is another stat flying around that he's the youngest he's I think he's the youngest to reach that number Uh, and there's there's a couple of other records that he's broke as well um now there's a long way to go in his career potentially another 15 years of of this it's worth noting that in the first or does he have 25 in 20 i, I don't know it's, it's something like that but either way let's let's go with that it's 20 20 and 25 um 
Ronaldo didn't have any Champions League goals after 20 games and he's now the Champions League hot Champions League Champions League's highest goal scorer easy for me to say um and like Ronaldo Erling Haaland is always going to be in a team a really good team so Ronaldo was always it was in a really good team at United he was in a really good team at Real Madrid not taking anything away from Ronaldo's obvious natural goal scoring ability um, but everything just points towards Erling Haaland just breaking all sorts of records. Um, so yeah, he's already on double figures for in the Premier League after six games, and he got two the other night in the Champions League. So yeah, an absolute freak of a player. And apparently his cousin, who's younger than him, is just as good. Scary. Okay, so I've talked about the the the, the crazy world involving managers and uh, the Champions League. Uh, we've got Europa League action tonight. Man United take on Real Sociedad at Old Trafford. I expect there to be a few changes there. Uh, Ronaldo will probably start. Maguire will probably start. I, th- I think United will win that one, and then Arsenal are away at FC Zurich. So, be interesting to see what the Arsenal team is there and what they can do away at Zurich. Right, I've talked Champions League, I've talked Europe, I've talked about managers. Let's have a look at the fixtures for game week seven. So, Fulham versus Chelsea, a West London derby, so uh, managerless Chelsea. Um, oh, I could actually see a Fulham win here. I think Fulham are doing really well this season, and I'm, I'm impressed by them. Um you know, I know they lost last week to, to Spurs, but I think they gave Spurs a game. I'm going to go for a Fulham win. Uh, Bournemouth against Brighton. I doesn't look like that that Graham Potter will be on the bench for that one. So two teams there taking on each other, both with, with caretaker managers, it would seem. Uh, I expect, I think Brighton will still win this one. Um Leicester versus Aston Villa. Oh my god. Huge game for both teams. Genuinely a huge game. If Leicester lose this, even if it's 1-0, even if it's like the last minute and it's a controversial decision or it's a penalty or they've been hard done by, that would be the end of Brendan Rodgers. Aston Villa lose I don't think it would be the end of Gerrard I think he would probably keep hold of his job a little bit longer Um, the patience is very very thin at the moment with with Rodgers so he's under more more pressure than than, than Gerrard I would say look after that I'd like to think it can't get any worse than last Sunday that actually, I hope this is a that that was a watershed moment. That actually, these players are going to wake up, and that Rogers is going to wake up, and he's going to almost go back to basics. Pick an eleven, pick a system, and go with it. I would like to see Daniel Everson come in in goal because I'm sorry, but Danny Ward is not a number one goalkeeper for a Premier League team. So I'd like to see Everson given a chance. 
It's not going to happen, but I would like to see Soyuncu come back in at the back. And I want to see Castagna come back in at left back as well. Um, I would say that we need to... I think what's more likely to happen is actually you'd probably see Castagna come in at right back uh, ahead of James Justin because he just looks so unfit at the moment. Um, look, the, the transfer window closed and, and you know we did only sell two players. I mentioned this last week. We still have Madison, we still have Tillemans, we still have Undidi, we still have Barnes, we still have Vardy. Uh, we still, you know, we have still got some good players. They're just so low on confidence. So, and I really, I really want to see a reaction this Saturday. And I am going to be confident. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you that Leicester will win 2-1. I'm going to regret saying that. I really am. Liverpool against Wolves. Look, Liverpool are going to be... Uh, they, they're going to have to react to what's happened uh, uh, this week with, with the defeat at Napoli. Uh, I expect them to beat Wolves, but you just never know at the moment. It's it's a, it's a funny old season, as I mentioned. Southampton-Brentford. I think this could be a, a quite a high-scoring draw. 2-2, 3-3, something like that. But I am going to go with a draw. Uh, Man City versus Tottenham looks like the pick of the weekend's fixtures. Um, big game, really big game. You know, Spurs have got title challenging ambitions. They need to be going to the Etihad and they need to be getting a result of some description. Yes, all the talk is going to be how do you stop Erling Haaland, but you can't just concentrate on one player. Man City have a plethora of, of, of talent and if Haaland doesn't score, then you've got Foden. You've got Al... Um, Alves or Alvarez of off the bench, um, Gundogan, you know, uh, Mares, De Bruyne, Jesus, uh, unbelievable. Um, I think Man City win this one. I think it'll be, I think it'll be three one to Man City. Um, Arsenal, Everton, Arsenal looking to bounce back after their defeat to United last week, uh, and I do think that they will get that that victory uh, at home to Everton. West Ham, Newcastle. Uh, two teams that are having, uh, you know, well, West West Ham aren't having a great uh, a great season so far, really. Um, they were unlucky at the weekend with that VAR call. Newcastle, they're doing what they doing what they can, and you know they look a far better team than they they ever were last season. Oh, I'm going to go for a Newcastle win. Uh, Crystal Palace are at home to Man United. You know, it's never an easy game, Crystal Palace, whoever you are. I do expect Man United to win this one, though. Um, they, they do look like a, a completely different team to what we saw in that first couple of weeks. And then Monday night... Uh, oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm, if I can, I'm going to watch this one. Leeds versus Nottingham Forest. You know, for... for um, for people of a certain age, this is a this is a big game. This is a big game. You know, two two, you know, big clubs. You know, both now in in back in the top division. I know Leeds. This is their third season back. I do think Forest have defensive frailties, and Sonny summed it up perfectly that if if Forest continue to play as open as they they have been doing, they are going to be on the end of some hidings, uh, very much like Leeds were because of the way that Bielsa wanted to play. So I'm going to go for a Leeds victory in this one. 
So that is my predictions for game week seven. And that is the end of this week's podcast. Um, thank you very much for listening. It's very much appreciated. Uh, if you go to my Twitter at added football, uh, I'm on there updating that with my views and my thoughts uh, very often, quite regularly, probably too much. Uh, and on there in the bio is a link to my uh, other other uh, social media, so uh, Instagram, and the links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean, where you can find this. This is a Games and Grab Studio podcast, so don't forget to follow Sonny G on Twitter. He's also set up a link tree now, so you can go to his Twitter, go to his bio, click on that, and it will take you to where you need to go. Um, the Clubhouse podcast, well worth a listen. And Finn Steele is doing his streams over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steele. I'm Steve. This has been episode seven. Have a great weekend and I will see you next time. Thank you very much.